0: every day uh, some days it's easier than others i look in my long um mirror on the opposite of my closet door and i just say you're beautiful and you're worthy of love and of success and you will get there it's it's a work in progress but you'll get there
1: Hello and welcome to Given the Platform, the show where we give unsung people the chance to flaunt their extraordinary passions and knowledge. Do you have something that you want to be Given the Platform to talk about? Contact me at GivenThePlatform at gmail.com. I've actually been getting a few emails and I'm very excited to have these guests on because their topics are extremely interesting. As always, I ask that you download this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform, and if you're on iTunes, rate us five stars. That will really help us get this podcast out there. Also, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at GivenThePlatform, or on Twitter at GiveThePlatform. Today we have on Anthony De Silva. We are both in the same musical theater program, and we've both struggled with both our body weight and our opinion of our body weight and our body image. And considering I know a little bit more about this subject, I hope you enjoy this more discussion-type podcast with him. So enjoy! Today we have on Anthony Da Silva. We're going to talk a little bit about our relationship with our bodies and body image issues. I do want to preface by saying that we are both, depending on who's looking at us, skinny men... I don't know, but clearly that's the whole point of this podcast, because we have body image issues that other people might see, and we will talk on how, per se, I don't really view Anthony as deserving to have body image issues, and I don't mean that in a mean way, I'm just talking about the trickle-down effect, where anyone who looks better than you, you initially think, like, they have nothing to worry about. Okay, but before we do all that and get that deep into it, welcome. Thanks. Anthony's also a fellow musical theater major, so we also have a few things to talk about within the Broadway and theater industry because body standards in media in general are particularly high. I'm sure all of you are aware of that. But before we do all that, let's start with let's start with you and your relationship with your body. How about you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, um I would say that my body has
0: gone through a couple different, um, let's go with that word that I just made up. Thank you, Webster. Um, when I was younger, I was, by all intents and purposes, puny. Um, I was so skinny that... My mom had to buy the uh, jeans with the elastic waistband in them, otherwise they would not stay on. Like, like people would look at me and be like, are you feeding him? Kind of skinny. Uh, my mom is very, she's quite thin. Um, my dad is like, you know, uh, post-bodybuilder frame, you know, they're both... Um, Let's just say they're not spring chickens. So, you know, they're in that age group of life. So they're not really presenting any sort of um, care for body image at this point in their lives. Um, Because they've been married for 30 years and they love each other. But, um, yeah, so I definitely got more of my mom's frame. Um, And so when I was a kid that was super presenting and I also have her face. So I went from being really, really skinny um and quite s- small just of frame i was like 411 until the 10th grade um and around 5th or 6th grade my metabolism uh got hit by a bus and um went through a period of just non-existence and i gained probably like enough weight for it to be noticeable like I'm not going to say, like, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet, but, like, enough where people were like, oh. Um, And so, yeah. um, I was – I then started the period of my life where I was pretty significantly overweight. Um, And that kind of stayed up until I was about 19, going on 20. Um, And then I think – after I really stopped eating my feelings and decided that I wanted something um, a little healthier for myself, um, I started a really serious gym regimen and um, kind of went on a bit of a crash diet, if I'm being honest, of going from eating whatever I wanted, um, which since I was in college was Taco Bell every day, to um what would be, I guess, considered by today's standards, like hardcore keto, which is like meat, green vegetables, water, and nothing else on top of going to the gym six days a week. Um, and then I dropped, um, about 55 pounds, um, which, you know, anyone that knows me or, you know, sees a picture of me, can't really imagine where 55 pounds would come from, but it was everywhere. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a, a short summation of my body history, if you will.
1: When was this 55 pounds dropped?
0: The I would say from March to September of 2016.
1: So now we have a history of your body, but can we talk a little bit about your experience with how you saw your body? Like, I'm sure you thought, and we've talked about this before, you thought you were too skinny and then you thought you were too big and then now you lie kind of in between yeah so talk a little bit about that um yeah i i've gone through a, a lot of um
0: let's just say kids are kind of cruel when it comes to bodies that look differently and i think and in our society that's really where it all starts um i was talking with my dad the other day about um a study that he had read where they um they took a class of elementary school kids and presented them with two teachers one that was by societal standards attractive a slender woman you know beautiful quote unquote um and then a woman who was um i I don't even know how personally to describe it um of a different body shape, um, and was probably like by doctor societal standards, a little overweight. And they, uh, they thought that the, the skinny, beautiful teacher was a better teacher just because, you know, by their visuals, you know, she was better. Well, why was she better? She was pretty. Um, so let's just say that's where it all started as a kid. I was bullied because I was very, very small, um, in both stature and size. Um, uh, shrimp, um, Oompa Loompa, all these things kind of thrown at me, especially then once I gained the weight, Oompa Loompa kind of stuck for a little while. Um, so I I kind of always wanted to be bigger. I wanted to be taller because, um, at the time that's what girls liked, LOL. Um, you know, they liked the taller boys. They wanted to be around the taller boys. Um, I was picked last for sports because what sport is a, you know, four foot kid with no (laughs) visible, uh, musculature going to be good at. Um, despite the fact that as a kid, I really did love sports. Um, and then, you know, once I gained the weight, it became, well, um, I got, you know, especially from the particularly meaner, uh, kids pig, um, Oompa Loompa, uh, moobs was a favorite of theirs because, um, yeah, uh, man boobs, an acronym. We love children or and and not an acronym, a combination of two words. I don't even know what that's called. Whatever. Um, yeah. So, and then, um, that kind of really only caused me to, uh, eat more because my relationship with food was that it brought me comfort. So in times of, happiness I ate in times of sadness I ate in times of anger I ate in times of fear I ate and so the eating and the eating and the eating kind of just led me to a point where as I went through high school I um and I you know uh discovered that I was gay um and saw like especially like gay standards of body image um I really hated myself uh because I saw what I wanted to be, but had no, um, no method of getting there. But, you know, in retrospect, like, why did, why do I have to be Brad Pitt? Why do I have to be, um, who's popular now? I don't even know what's in pop culture. Um, Zac Efron, you know, like, why do I have to be that to be considered attractive, to be worthy of love? And I think, Um, that's been my, my struggle. And even still, especially as I have um, gotten more in depth with theater, um, my body image issues, though, I I think now I'm beginning to get a a bit more of a handle on them. Um, they still rear their head, you know, when I get told that, um, that if I want to be considered a leading man, I have to bulk up if I want to, um, be considered to be a dancer on Broadway. I have to, I have to gain muscle. I like, I, I appear too boyish. I don't have like, I don't look like a man or what a man looks like. What does a man look like? I'm a man. I'm 24. I grow facial hair. I have gone through puberty. You know, I haven't had my bar mitzvah cause I'm not Jewish, but like I am a man. Um, so yeah, I think, um, uh, Did that answer your question? I tend to ramble.
1: No, it did. It answered a lot of questions coming forward, like going forward. Um, I think it's so funny. I remember, I don't know what schools you went to. For me, I never really was bullied for my weight. Maybe I wasn't as big as you. I'm pretty sure I was, I guess, younger at a time, like younger in my life. But even in terms of bullying in general, I was never bullied. And I don't really think that ever happened at my school. Maybe I just wasn't a part of it. I remember as distinct points of my feeling uncomfortable with my body was, well, I was always the chubbier kid. And I don't even know what points in my time I was chubby because there's a period in high school where I look back and I look so skinny and I thought I was really chubby at the time but I just remember it mostly coming from my siblings and it was never like mean or wasn't intended to be, well, it was mean, but it was never intended maliciously. But this whole concept of like the moobs thing, I get that one. Like I remember my brother literally sends me into like a frenzy. Yeah. My brother had just gotten like really in, had gotten in really good shape and he used to like call me and my other brother fat and it stuck with me so much. Also because I feel like my other brothers, like without, my one brother did do a lot of working out. But both of my brothers seemed to quickly slim down genetically. And that didn't happen for me. Or at least I don't think it happened for me. But I remember a lot of my issues coming from my family and jokes they'd make without trying to be mean. But it did a lot of damage to me and stuck a lot. And it was almost to a point where I started just enforcing it myself, even when they were done with the jokes and they were done with all that. Like I used to wear, I'm sure you can relate a surf shirt to the beach for the longest time. And even my sister was like, you're not fat. I don't know why you do that anymore. But at that point it had kind of stuck in my mind and I still struggle with weight. I mean, I gained a lot of weight my senior year cause I was very depressed Um. And then I lost it all going to school, but (laughs) something happened the other day. I was with my friend. I showed them a picture of my, I showed them my ID from school and they said, when was this picture taken? Sophomore year of high school? And I go, no, senior year of high school. And he goes, wow, your face got a lot taller. And I went, no, I was just fat. I was just heavy. And I had a lot of weight in my face. But yeah, it was, I've had a, I have had ai don't think I've had the same experience as you, but it's like similar enough that I get what you're talking about. Yeah. So and then to
0: the swim shirts, I has one in every color.
1: I know. So that's along the lines <laughs> of what I was going to ask next. I didn't have one. In everyone, every color I had one that I rewore, um, which would just stick to your body after you went into the water. Oh, so it absolutely. was worse than it just was, not wearing something. It was totally
0: which... the opposite of the effect we wanted. But...
1: Exactly. And like, I don't know. Like, I still have, like, I find myself, if I'm wearing a tight shirt, not with clothes that I own, but definitely I was wearing, and, like, actually, let us let me prompt this as a question before we get into this topic, because it's on the it's on my little map. What were the embarrassing things that you used to do as a kid because of your body image issues? Um,
0: <laughs> uh, aside from the um, swim shirts all summer long, um, even when I was not going swimming, um, yeah, because, yeah, but like the, I think I was always a double shirt wearer. So, um,
1: like a tight thing to hold it all in and then, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I also, in, um, not realizing it also had the opposite effect of the way I wanted it to look, wore clothes that were way too big. Um, because for me, if it showed off, um, any of the, uh, topography of my torso um, let's f- figure it that way um, yeah I was not having it so I uh, yeah I, I also like I couldn't like no one could see me shirtless no one like not my mother not like any literally no one if I had to like change into a tank for gym Like I would have to go into a stall, like even for that seven seconds, it took to switch my normal shirt that I was wearing for the day. I went to Catholic school, by the way, to preface this. Um, so like we, for gym, um, we would be wearing either like polos depending on if it was like Friday or whatever, or, um, like the, the button up tie situation. So I would always have to change for gym. Um, and yeah, no one, literally no one could see me shirtless, which I think, um, only really reinforced my feelings about my body because no one could, no one could have a reaction to tell me any differently, you know? Um, so once I, I agree with you in the fact that, uh, once I had heard it, even, even when it had stopped, I, I was my own bully, which, um, you know, we always are. So,
1: yeah. I remember I used to, I had this one tight shirt that I cut into a tank top that would just hold it all in. I wear that to every single dance competition and dance competitions, they make you wear tight clothes. And it was so embarrassing for me. I hated it so much, especially the lyrical dances. Cause then they forced you to wear tight clothes. I would like, I still, I can't show you guys cause this is just an audio podcast, but I do like the torso pull where you'd like right between your chest and you'd pull out the shirt and you would do that. I used to like put my hands in my shirt and like push out to stretch it out before I'd go outside. Like anything to hide, like you said, the topography, specifically of my chest area back to the moobs thing. And it was just, it was pretty bad. I also would, what else did I do in terms of my embarrassing things? Again, I agree with the never going out, never seeing Never having someone see you shirtless. I would go to a corner in the locker room and just back to the wall, back to the people just change. Um especially in like a dance competition locker room. Yeah, things like that was pretty rough. I would slouch. I think I have a pretty bad slouch to this day because I never <laughs> stood up straight because then you'd see yeah, like, exactly you'd see me upright and that would show the most of my body thank god for ballet because now, otherwise my posture like i'd be quasimodo right now <laughs> do you st- do you still have some of those habits cuz i know i certainly i only recently dropped pulling my shirt out um i have through force of myself um
0: become com- have forced myself to become comfortable with um people seeing me shirtless simply by the nature of um, dressing rooms. Um, so that I have thankfully broken. Um, the one, I think my, um, my own struggle has come from the fact that I, so my hat, my tics have changed where like, I thankfully have, um, done enough work i guess um where to the point where i don't have the like visible um i guess moobs anymore i still will every day um turn to the side in whatever shirt i'm in to make sure that it doesn't hug them the wrong way
1: which is interesting because to me you have no chest fat visibly
0: yeah um I, I I talk about this. Um, I have talked about this to friends before, and they scream at me. But like, to me, you know, no one notices the the smallest flaws about you but yourself. But like, I, um, there are like two little pockets of fat at the like bottom of my chest. I'm I. You see, you're giving me the look. There are two little. There are two pockets of fat at the bottom of my chest that don't allow for. Um, like I guess peck definition to come easy and so like from the side I fear that like people are like fat And, and like so but that's what I'm saying it's like it makes no sense and me saying this I understand it makes no sense but to my brain if a shirt that I have bought previously hugs my chest in a way that I feel like I am presenting with breasts I will either throw it out or never wear it again
1: I get that. I mean, I get that. But again, we will get to this later. Like, I don't know how you get that. Um, (laughs) Well, actually, you know that I'm thinking about it. I still don't feel super comfortable having my shirt off around other people. To be perfectly honest, I'm not going to say I've gone all the way through that. I'm more comfortable with it and I will do it. But it's still not something I don't like run around shirtless and be like, oh, look at me and like do things like how a lot of straight. uh, I, I instinctually <laughs> said straight. That's not good. How a lot of how a lot of guys would do that. How a lot of guys would just walk around shirtless like it's no big deal. Um, and again, like with the show that we just both did, I was wearing a very tight shirt and I like enjoyed how I looked because I think it's such an improvement, not only on how I looked during quarantine, but also how I've looked my entire life. But there are still moments where I had to be like, don't slouch Puff out your chest even if you don't like if you don't think it looks good because it's not as bad as you think and it's only going to look worse if you slouch because then you're going to look like you have bad posture so i think it's interesting that you say that but i just don't see how you i don't know again we'll get to that whole point but it's just (laughs) interesting because again when i would talk about this some people would do the same thing to me and be like you're being crazy no one cares and it's not there so shut up but I guess it's just a habit we all have that we're so in tuned with our own flaws, like you had said. And also, even if, like,
0: to be fair, um, visibly, I agree with you at the fact that and unless somebody is being particularly nitpicky, nobody would look at the two of us and think that we have any reason to have body image issues. But also, I think that um, the, the standards that were put under having to present as... Uh, men of musical theater is at least for me, one of the main reasons why I um, have had such body image issues over the course of like the last few years. Um, And especially leading
1: into why I had to lose the weight. Something that I still need to do. But I mean, (laughs) I honestly are both. Yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't even go as far to say that I don't, I understand why people would say that I don't have anything to be ashamed of in my body. Like maybe with clothes on, I could see how people would say that, but I feel like I could take my shirt off and then, then be like, Oh yeah, Okay. I can understand where you're coming from. <laughs> and that sounds horrible, but it's something I've had to train myself to say, like there's a, t- I don't believe it, but I train myself to be like, they don't see it even with your shirt off. Like that's like, and maybe again, it's a theater thing because I know where neither of us are have the body per se. I mean I would say you do because you are toned and skinny. but I would definitely need to lose a few pounds before I would book certain things. But then again, it depends on the show because I know that there are theater producers and directors out there that appreciate, different bodies and don't want to see what we think we have to be i mean i've talked one of my best friends is a director and would and sat me down one day and said you want to be this body type but i would cast you specifically because you're not because i don't want to see that anymore and i'm tired of people showing that as if it's the real thing
0: i i think that in i think that the theater world is changing i think that it's changing at a glacial pace but i do think that it's changing my qualms come from the fact that like the the theater world is so forward in so many ways minus the visual we are we we present as this um as this accepting uh you know completely open space made for all people of all different shapes sizes colors creeds um and yet somehow we we only manage to present what we feel is the best version where like i think half of the problem is the fact that we're we're sitting here and we're talking and it's like the the bodies that we're in now are beautiful. The bodies that we were in were beautiful. I think the problem lies in the fact that nobody was there to tell us then that the bodies that we were in were beautiful. And even if they were, I don't know that we would have listened to them.
1: Well, I don't believe that my body was beautiful. I could say it, but that doesn't mean I believe it. And that doesn't mean that I don't think other people in similar situations' bodies aren't beautiful. Because I do believe that. It is truly just a personal thing. But I could say it as much as I want, but it's not like I meant it. It's not like I mean it. Yeah. And yeah, I think there is an issue in theater that we all, we feign acceptance, but there's some tight criteria depending on the director, depending on the actor. I mean, even if we, even if we go to
0: something just as recently as, um, Harrison and I were recently in a show, um, a dance show, and I'm speaking to the, the world out there as if they're not already listening, being heavily a part of the uh, the other side of the table at the start of the process, I had to hear, um, well, they don't have the body of a dancer. What What is a dancer's body? What is the body of a dancer? If you can dance, you can dance. It has, I understand the fact that like, uh, for some, we have to, we have to upkeep, I guess, visual standards, but like, do we like, if, if you got a ma, you got a ma. if you have a triple, you have a triple, if you can dance, if you can move, like why, why do you have to look like a supermodel? I don't understand why they're, they're, they're not. They're not the same.
1: And I don't mean to sound cocky in any way, but I certainly think that I am one of the better dancers in the program, and I definitely feel like that I don't look like a dancer in a way that a dancer does. But I can still do it. Would you rather have the theater industry be more accepting, or do you think that there is a benefit to as it is now? For me? Like, selfishly? Sure.
0: Honestly... I uh, no, I, I I as I do love theater and I love Broadway and I love the community that it creates but I do think that there is a very there is a there is a glass ceiling when it comes to the Broadway body and it's something that we all talk about over and over and over again how many times has somebody if we had a nickel every time somebody in this program said that they're going after the Broadway body we'd be a Rockefeller but it's like it's toxic. Like the amount of the amount of time and the amount of energy that I have put into trying to craft the Broadway body, like what is the Broadway body? Like the only people that are worthy t- to be on Broadway, the only people that are deserve to be on that stage are ones that have perfectly sculpted bodies. Like that's that's not real life. The world doesn't look like that. The people that we are, the, the characters that we are trying to um, portray don't look like that a majority of the time. So why are we promoting the Broadway body? Be in shape. Be healthy. But what does that mean? Healthy for me could could be totally different from healthy for you and if you have the ability if you have the facility if you have the talent you deserve to be on broadway but unfortunately the current visual standard is something that can't be that <laughs> can't be broken until it's broken and i think we are the generation to do that i think that our age group the ones in university right now the the ones a couple years ahead of us are going to be the ones to start to break that because I've seen I've seen a number of just recently um entire uh Instagrams that are gaining a lot of following um dedicated to this exact topic, to what to the Broadway body, to like eat the damn cheesecake. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I have to tell this to myself. I'm being completely and totally hypocritical right now because like if I want a dessert, you know what I'm gonna go home and eat? I'm gonna eat the chocolate protein muffin from Trader Joe's that <laughs> barely has any flavor, no tea Trader Joe's. But like that, you know, is somewhat healthy. I'm not I'm not gonna indulge in the like in the in the fatty foods because, you know, that sets back the gym work that I did for the day. Who who gives a shit? Like and and that's 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 the thing that I'm waiting for. Because it also it also comes in a variety of different ways. This isn't just as a dancer, this isn't like what what is a what is a man on Broadway? Every single leading man on Broadway right now looks exactly the same. Whether like regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation, if you look at a leading man on Broadway, I guarantee you they're at least six foot. I guarantee you they are ripped. I I guarantee you they are by societal standards absolutely stunning and great for them they were I, they worked hard for that body but like why are we continually allowing for that to be the the depiction of what of what a man is some men are short some men are skinny some men are big bones some men carry a little more weight to them good they deserve like that's that, that's the thing that because i wish somebody had said that to me one of the biggest one of the biggest changes is for me that like really set me back was the fact, um, one of my dream roles has always been to be Link Larkin in Hairspray. And when I was 19, I was told specifically by, um, somebody that I looked up to, somebody that considered a mentor that I would never be Link Larkin in Hairspray. And I said, why? I said, why? I can, I can dance it. I can sing it. And he said, well, you don't look like a Link. And I said, well, what does a Link look like? And he said, well, you're a little overweight and you're a little short and i said so like can i can i not put a suit and tie on can i not like put a put a little curl on my forehead and sing it takes two just because i have 20 more pounds than the standard link larkin does and i'm not six two you know it's it like it's those things why are we crushing why are we crushing dreams instead of in like why are we not what is the word I'm looking for? Um,
1: shelter. What's well, not sheltering? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I don't know what words you're looking for, but yes, I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's interesting to me because I did play Link Larkin right out of senior year of high school. So I was at my heaviest and I was also breaking out like crazy. And it was like, I got cast in it. It wasn't like a big professional production so I'm not saying I would get cast in it otherwise, but I just remember thinking to myself, like I still talk about it now. Like, Oh, when I was fat pimply link Larkin and it made no sense because I did not face, I did not fit the type. So I think as much as it is horrible that you you were told (laughs) that, that you were told that it's like, it is. I feel like I can self enforce that too, which is not good and we shouldn't be doing, but, Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I guess this kind of fits in with the theater community. Sorry if this is stereotyping, but also like standards among gay men is just (laughs) crazy. Like it's even worse. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, that's an understatement. Um, I I think to put it shortly. Yes. Um, The standard of body image amongst gay men is um, it. it's incredibly toxic, to say the least. Um, I think that for some reason, we only we only care about gay men if they are what society deems attractive. If they are, once again, tall, shredded, light-skinned, for the most part, if we're going to talk about that. Um, and I think it it's just it's it's just a mess um especially for somebody for a group of people that have been as um hated as outwardly rejected as like publicly ridiculed why are we also enforcing those same rules in our own community
1: and i think it i i do i don't want to empathize with the situation at all but i can see how it's like a lot of times this kind of prejudice doesn't even lie with any malice. Like no one is calling you fat in the community. No one is saying that. But when it comes down to connecting and partnering up, it's just unspoken. But then how do you attack it from that aspect if it's not exactly. like a bullying thing? It's a silent yet deadly weapon. It's um it,
0: it's very, very interesting because it, it's something that... um. Yeah, I uh, unfortunately learned quite swiftly as a um, <laughs> as a chubby eighteen year old who decided to um, see what that app Grinder was about that everybody was talking about. Um, which just the whole thing should be completely removed from the Apple Store. But that's just one man's opinion. Um, I as a as an overweight eighteen year old looking for you know, just un- honestly, just another gay man in my area. Um, yeah, I was, um, very, very just shocked to find that, um, nobody really wanted to talk to me, you know? And then to find out a couple years later when I went back to my hometown on like a weekend and I was like, "Hmm, I wonder, I just, I've lost weight. I started going to the gym. Let me play a little experiment. And then, you know, post a picture of what I look like now and all of a sudden, you know, some of these same men that didn't want to give me the time of day are all of a sudden all up in my DMs. So like, I just think it's, it's, it's just incredibly toxic and, and we, and we enforce it on ourselves too. Like why, why do we put up with it? Why, why do we, why do we allow for it to happen? Everyone knows that it exists. Everyone in the community knows that these prejudices are alive and well and thriving and yet we don't outwardly say anything when people put in their bios even on tinder people put in their bios must be in shape must be tall must be you know <laughs> insert uh, s- sexual position preference here like it's like why why are we so pig-headed about these things
1: I wish I had an answer for that. (laughs) I don't. Me too. We were talking about standards before we started recording, though. And it's kind of similar in a sense. And we all do it, even if our standards aren't physical. I mean, we all have standards for who we want. And how do you step back and think reflectively on whether those standards are realistic or not? healthy or not or and this is a little bit of a diatribe especially if those standards are like just impossible enough that you don't even have to worry about relationships anymore i think that's what everyone falls into a trap though too
0: yeah i don't know i think i think it 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 requires a lot of self-examination
1: um but who how do you change that how do you change I I don't, what's rough to me is that I have these, this physical idea of what I want in a person. How do you quite literally understand if that's toxic or not? And if the case is that it is toxic, how do you just change who you like? I don't know. I think it stems from,
0: uh, I think it starts by understanding where that stems from. Like, I I think it, it requires some self examination of like, why am I only, why am I only attracted to this specific thing? like what is it about this that like that makes me so um unavailable to everything else? like why 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 can I only date a man that's tall? Why can I only date a man that's shredded? Why can I um, you know, only, I mean honestly it it comes down th- this is one of those things where it's like people will spout um that it's just preference um when it comes to racial issues amongst the gay community like that I don't get yeah uh, like that's I, not what I was talking about earlier no yeah no uh, no obviously I'm just saying it's like it you have to you have to think within yourself is this truly just a preference or is there something within me That is only allowing me to see this as beautiful.
1: And it goes both ways because there is horrible fetishization in absolutely every uh, group in terms of sexuality of different. Yeah. It's equally as bad to only be into that group as some sort of fetish. It's crazy. And that's also requires some reflection. I also think it's funny how now we can finally get into this. You. I don't see you having body issues. Because if I looked like you, I probably would be like, this is, well, I guess I wouldn't knowing how it's an impossible standard set, but like, it seems like you're in great shape. You seem toned, you seem skinny. So to me, I'm like, oftentimes I have to hold the instinct of being like, well, I, I it, you have no say in this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to be quite honest
0: with you, I have to say that to myself too, because um, to, to what you were saying, I, I have to understand that, um where I am at contains a a great deal of privilege. I, I am a white man that is skinny. Um, I, I have a lot going for me right now. I'm really not going to lie to you. I like, I know that logically I could, I could and should be very happy with the body that I have created for myself. But then I hear something like, you know, um, Unfortunately, you can't be cast and seen as a man because you're too slender. You're too skinny. You are too skinny. And then, so all of this time, this body that I have created is now something to be looked upon as a problem. And then the cycle starts all over again. So, and I, I think it truly just comes from the fact of like, why are, why are, why are we seeking the cookie cutter? Why do I have to fit into a mold? Why can I not? Like, I, I, am, I am talented. What I am good at what I do. Why do I then have to, you know, gain 20 pounds of muscle to be seen as good what, or, or worthy, not good, worthy of finally breaking that threshold? Because, I, you know, I, I can be seen as a high schooler, but how many shows are about high schoolers? And how many shows require men quote-unquote what do men look like as far as I'm concerned looking at the world men come in all shapes and sizes so it coming back to it it's it's more so something that um is continually reinforced and I think it's 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 from the outside and from the inside you know I look at myself in the mirror and if I feel like I've indulged too much the next day I you know I will not eat as much. I will do an extra workout to try to, which is not healthy. It's, it's, it's really not. And I can fully acknowledge that it's not. Um, and I'm trying to be better about it, but like going into a course line, I saw a picture of Tony Yazbek as Al and he is bulky and by bulky, I mean, has arms that could lift a small truck and, Is, you know, and, and for me, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, so am am I the before picture? (laughs) Like what? So how is anyone going to take me seriously as this, you know, macho, super uber masculine, um, the epitome of strong man if I don't look like one? So what did I do? I upped my gym regimen to five days a week. I upped my protein intake. I started going to the gym before rehearsals knowing that I would be dancing for four hours because I need I knew that I needed to counteract the cardio by doing some resistance training so that my arms wouldn't get smaller. Like it's stuff like that where it's like why like I did it to myself and why? For what? So that like, you know, I could post a picture on Instagram. Like, or so that I, somebody could like look at me and be like, oh yes, he fits into our standard. He, he is an owl because he looks manly.
1: Yeah. And I think that with, I don't think I've ever met someone who has wanted a perfect body and then attain, obtained that perfect body. I've met people who care about how their body looks and aren't where they want to be or people who just don't care how their body looks. I've never met someone who cares about how their body looks and has attained the perfect body where they don't have to do anything else. I also think that it, in regards to that whole trickle down effect of anyone who looks better than you can't have the same feelings. I think that's just denying the human experience and that everyone has their own, unless they don't care about their bodies in which it doesn't matter how their body looks. Um, everyone has something that they want to be that they are not. And to move the goalpost is only to just delay your own happiness Because once you get there, you find something else to pick on and then you continue. I also, in talking about your experience in A Chorus Line, just made me realize, like, in this program, if we're told to look a certain way and we're told to fit into the standards of what we're cast as, uh, as a body image, then why were we cast in the first place? Why are we in this program? I guess it's an unanswerable question because it's kind of nonsensical. But if I was cast in this program but I needed to lose the weight, or if I was cast as a role that needed to be more buff, why was I cast and not someone who fits that bill already? I mean, in the case of this program, it's because no one in our program really fits that bill perfectly to the point and then why do, but then why is that expectation there if if you can see by the microcosm of people in our program that is going to be the, the new broadway stars crossing our fingers um what we look like that we don't fit the bill then why are you still trying to force that on us i just don't get it i, I you never start a relationship with someone who needs who's a project or you never start a healthy relationship with a project you never start like I don't pick things that I don't think... You know, you'd like this reference. You don't go into the Elite Four with Pokemon that aren't strong against... That aren't already effective against the types that you're facing. Period. Like, they're not going to magically switch types. Exactly. So that's a very nerdy reference. But that's my point. Like, don't expect that from us. So if they do, that's unrealistic. And if we think that upon ourselves, it's also unrealistic. And we have to think about that.
0: And it's also... It- like even if it's an unspoken thing it comes from the 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 toxic positive reinforcement over the course of my career here um i've seen multiple times um people lose weight and all of a sudden now they look so good At, did they not did they not look good before like and that's the thing when when we when we reward like if If you yourself decided to embark on a journey and like you want to to be healthier and you want to do that, and that's great. But like, I, I look around at this program and everyone look like everyone looks good. So like but why are we only why are we only given positive reinforcement when we lose weight?
1: Well, I'll tell you that I was very depressed over winter break and I lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight because I wasn't eating. Um, Much more weight than I had lost the previous semester by working out and being healthy. And one of the staff members walked up to me and said, you're looking like a stick these days, but meant it like in a good way. And I felt good about it. And looking back, um, kind of now at a mix between what my body was before I started working out and how thin my body was when I wasn't eating in that nice little middle place. I realized I was like, I shouldn't have felt good by that, but it was one of the things that made me feel better in my depression that I looked thin and it's kind of weird that I think that way. And, but yeah, that, that positive reinforcement doesn't help fix any of our problems that we need to be working on ourselves. So you've already discussed how you think your diet and exercise is a result of negative feelings. Do you have any positive reinforcement in why you diet or exercise? Or is it just to obtain a body? No judgment if that is the case. No, I think, I think it's both.
0: I think I definitely do feel better after I work out. Exercise releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands. Um you're welcome for any of you out there that get that. Um I I work out half to create an aesthetic and half because it it makes me feel better. Um I have and I don't know if that's due to the fact that I have created a dependency on those that endorphin release on that like you know that quote unquote runner's high that like you know, the, the, the sweat, like, but I I genuinely do enjoy working out. I enjoy putting on a good playlist, like going in the gym, like running on the treadmill, you know, getting my resistance in. Like I, I, I do enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky for that, I guess, because I'm going to have to do it for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, I think the, the hard part came for me that um I really had to do some self-discovery as to why I was doing it. Um and that came that really came this quarantine because there was nobody that I was seeing, and yet I still felt this like need to keep my body in check. Like for who? actually for who like a I don't got a boyfriend and B um no one's leaving the house if I don't post no one's gonna see me so why am I forcing myself to to work out three times a day one because there's really nothing else to do but two like I I only felt good about me if my abs were visible i only felt good about me if the 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 fat that like sometimes builds up in my cheeks were looking a little hollower that day like and so i really had to like sit down and be like you have a very very toxic relationship with your body and you can do one of two things you can either like address it and figure out a way to move forward and make yourself better or you can really spiral here because it's just not, it's not healthy.
1: Yeah, I think I have a similar in terms of, well, I don't feel so committed to work out to obtain a certain body shape because I've never gotten to a point where I've worked so out, worked out so much that I feel like I look perfect. It's always like working out to try to achieve that, um, not maintain it. Um, I definitely have never had a bad issue with diet culture. That's the one thing I'm kind of proud of that I don't, I don't really believe in diets. I just believe in healthy eating, but I can say for certain that I just don't eat sugar and it's not like a diet thing. I just don't. And it's like, I bought like my first package of actual like processed sugar today. And I was like, this is interesting because I would never, I'm not keeping myself from doing it. I just don't have the impulse to do it. But yeah, I think sometimes we have to look at why we do things because I know for for a fact I work out or eat less. I mean I, I work out to obtain a certain shape instead of the endorphins. The endorphins are like, oh wow, that comes too. That's nice. Um, but yeah. So on a more positive note. <laughs> oh no. Not on a more positive note. I want to get to the worst of the worst. What's oh, the cheating. worst thing you've done to lose weight? Or look look a certain way?
0: Um honestly starve myself like i think that um there was a point um and honestly like anybody that really knows me freshman year here can tell you that like uh, i would never starve myself to the point of like legitimate f- long-term fasting but like would eat like two meals a day both consisting of grilled chicken and some whatever green vegetable they were serving that day and water and not a, not literally not allowing myself any sort of indulgence out of whatever insane need I had to to look a specific way I look back at pictures of myself freshman year and the sad part is is that earlier this year I was looking back on pictures of myself freshman year and going oh I was so skinny. Why don't I look like that anymore? And I was like, uh, well, I don't know, Anthony, maybe because you're three years older and actually a man, um, as opposed to like someone on like the cusp of actually growing into their man body. Um, I now have a, a bigger, like my jaw is more prominent than it was back then. So of course I like, don't look as slender, you know, like for, I, for some reason I grew a jaw. I didn't really know that was possible. I prayed for it. So maybe it's my own fault. Manifesting. Uh, that was that literally man hyphen a festing. Um, but yeah, I, um, I definitely, definitely, um, starve myself. I, I will count my blessings that, um, I have never, um, gone into the eating disorder realm. Um, I, I know that for people in the theater realm, that is not, um, that is not something to be taken lightly, um, because it's honestly quite prominent in our field. Um, But yeah, I, I would say that I would say, um, literally removing all, (laughs) honestly, almost all foods, um, that
1: weren't chicken. Yeah. I think starving myself was the same. I don't think I starved myself. I was just, again, it was this winter. I just wouldn't leave. I'd stay in my bed all day. I'd like wake up at 1 p.m. I'd eat at 4 and then I'd just go back to bed at 10. So I just didn't eat anything. It was not good. And I didn't do it to look a certain way. I just did it because I wasn't in a right headspace. But I guess I can consider that the worst thing I've ever done. Um, now we can become positive. A little bit more positive what would you say has been the best thing you've done to fight these feelings of inadequacy and also like based on that, what advice would you give the audience on how to fight these feelings? I
0: think it's understanding that if, um, I I would classify myself as somebody that has body dysmorphia. I mean,
1: obviously that's why we're having this episode to talk about it. Um, I just didn't want to use the word because, yeah, I, I it's it, without a true medical diagnosis, I don't want to throw the word around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, from my uh, completely
0: unprofessional um, opinion, a self-diagnosis, if you will. Um, yeah, I, I am. It, it's it's something that I have that I deal with every day. It's um, and I the way that I combat it is by, um, I, I, I wait, wake... it's something that I started doing recently, actually. Um, over, th- over the summer, I was uh, lucky enough to do a, um, an- another production of a course line. Um, and I had, um, a lot of fears because I had to wear this mesh shirt and everyone around me was like, Um, you look fantastic why are you scared to wear this mesh like your body is beautiful like I don't understand and um, one of my friends in the production basically just said to me you have to tell yourself you're beautiful you have to tell yourself that you're rocking and that you're sexy and that you're working on it and like and you have to understand that like the the the, the main reason why we feel the way that we do is because over time we have consistently said the most negative things to ourselves, so much so that even if they're not true, they have become true. So the only way to combat that is to do the opposite, is to um, force ourselves to, to remind ourselves that, that we are beautiful and that we are worthy and that we are working on it. And even if you aren't in necessarily, quote unquote, the place that you want to be, that's okay. You know, because it's, you you are worthy. And so that's what I do. I, every, every day I, I try, you know, uh, some days it's easier than others. Um, I look in my long, um, mirror on the opposite of my closet door and I just say, you're beautiful and you're worthy of love and of success and you will get there. It's, it's a work in progress, but you'll get there.
1: Mm, Yeah. That's maybe I should do that. (laughs) Um, I think my best advice is instead of thinking, instead of using the mirror as your guide to how healthy you're being, just staying in touch with your body. How healthy do you feel? Because I feel a lot better about myself instead of thinking about how I look to show how healthy I am. Like, what am I doing? How do I feel? If I take a step back and I go, do I feel good today? Do I feel like I ate something wrong? What did I do? Did I eat not enough? Did I eat too much? Like, just really staying in tune with how, what your body is telling you instead of what your eyes are telling you is how I keep from letting the shape of my body control me or control what I do.
0: I also, I think, uh, I just want to say for those of you out there listening that are in the theater realm. Um, we are basically instructed to to find what's wrong and to eradicate it. Whether that's um as a dancer, whether that is like uh you're in voice lessons and your professor tells you to look in the mirror because you do this specific head tick, or you know you scrunch your eyebrows, or like we we are told to find what is wrong and eradicate it. I said that twice, but you know it's the truth. Um, and I want to say there is nothing wrong with you. There isn't like there, there, there may be things that, that there may be things that you want to change. You know, you might not, you might want to lift your, your leg a little bit higher to, to nail that pirouette. Or you might want to, you know, like you might have less tension if you don't scrunch your eyebrows, but like taking it from a place of, um, seeking the positive instead of saying this is wrong instead of saying i am wrong the thing that i am doing is wrong say oh i know what to do to make it easier to make it better to like to try to approach it in a positive way because that is something that i for sure need to work on um and so i hope you will too
1: hmm yeah So before we close, I always have one last question for all my guests. If you were in my shoes and you were interviewing yourself, what would you ask yourself that I have not asked yet? And then how would you answer that? That's a good question. Um, And that
0: was not just a combat response. I generally think it's a good question. Um, I think if I were in your position I would ask, I always like to pose it um, from like a, what would you tell younger you? Um, How, how, if you had the opportunity to speak to your younger self, because I think about this a lot, especially like as I get older and I like reach milestones and like, you know, I'm approaching the end of college, like what would I want? Like if I, you know, if 14 year old Anthony were looking at 24 year old Anthony, like what would I want to say to him? Um, and I think for me, it would be, um, you have no idea what's coming and that's the greatest thing you could ever experience. Cause I think. Uh, especially when we feel um in, in terms of our bodies sometimes we can feel so trapped um because you know we're literally just brains in a flesh prison i guess um if you think about it in a in a clinical sense um i'm kidding um i saw this uh visual on uh, tumblr yes i still use tumblr of um like <laughs> Uh, of like brains like manning like a human robot suit and that's basically what we are cuz without our brains like we can't function so we're basically just the entirety of the essence of what we are sorry i'm going to stop talking about this now cuz Harrison's giving me that look I'm not um, giving you a look i'm just <laughs> absorbing the information um and i thought it was i thought it was just a very very interesting thing of like how technically all we really are is a brain operating like a giant body um but Um,
1: there's a philosophy lesson in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. Believe me. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I, I think sometimes we can feel so trapped in our own bodies and in, and in our own perspective of the world that we sometimes don't realize that, um, there's so much more out there and there is somebody out there that is going to love you for exactly who you are. And whether or not that is, you know, it comes in a platonic form, in a familial form, in a romantic form. Like, it's just important to know that, like, even if you in your situation right now feel so incredibly trapped and hopeless and you look in the mirror and all you see is the things that are wrong, that, like, your whole world is going to change.
1: And that's Mm -hmm. a really good thing. I think as a fourteen-year-old, I thought I think that would be a cop-out answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, so you're going to tell me nothing? You're just going to tell me it's great that you don't know anything? Thanks, appreciate that one."
0: Um, oh, believe me, fourteen-year-old Anthony would have kicked me in the balls and then ran away. So,
1: no, but it's it's true. It's it's a true statement. So I get it. So, if people wanted to find you online, where would they find you? <laughs> um. Oh, I love the plug section.
0: Um, if you, uh, after listening to me ramble uh, for this long, are still interested in finding me on the internet, um, I am at Anthology on pretty much everything. Um, A N T Tumblr
1: too, so they can see. No, your... actually not. So they can see your brain picture. My
0: my brain flesh person? Um, no, uh, I uh, I'll I'll leave my Tumblr for those who stumble upon it. Um, but my, um, yeah, Instagram. else do i even have venmo (laughs) um is anthology a-n-t-t-h-o-l-o-g-y because i think i'm clever
1: thank you very much for coming on today to talk about something that we both are experienced on yeah (laughs) thank you for having me well it was a pleasure i hope you guys see me next week (laughs) uh we'll be back with another episode saturday 12 p.m thank you very much for watching bye